Alright guys, for today's episode, prepare to be inspired. I am talking to Anthony Minacho, who is a PA who works in family medicine and also street medicine, and I am so excited to share about his passion and job with you. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. This is your host, Savannah Perry. I am a dermatology PA, the creator of the PA platform, and the creator of this podcast. And we've officially been doing this now for three whole years, which is crazy, but really cool. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I have a new sponsor for the podcast I wanted to tell you about. Um, You may have heard me talk about the PA cat before, but the Physician Assistant College Admissions Test by Exam Master is a new exam that's being used by PA schools as an admissions prerequisite. This specialized exam covers prerequisite subjects needed for physician assistant school, including anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, microbiology, and more. The PACAT website contains resources for candidates who are preparing to take their exam. Registration for the PACAT is now open for both in-person and online test taking. For more information on taking the PACAT, Visit pa-cat.com for more information, and we'll have a link for that in the description. Feel free to listen to the uh, podcast episode and read our blog about the PA Cat if you want to learn more. All right, now we can get to today's interview, and I think, y'all, like, I just felt so inspired after listening to this, so Tony is amazing, um, and just has a really cool, like we didn't even really talk about his pre-PA story that much because what he actually does in street medicine is so, so cool. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. I will tell you up front, we had some technical internet issues. So I've never like cut and and cropped a podcast this much because it kept going out. But um, the overall message is there. You're going to get, like you're just going to feel like renewed in what you want to do. So Like, if you've ever heard, you know, I want to help people, this is someone who's actually helping people, and so I just love it. But it's a great, great interview. Um, So after talking to Tony, you know, you'll hear in there, I asked, you know, how can we support you in what you're doing when you're in California, I'm in Georgia, like, what can we do? And so as they're trying to get his organization, um, Sacramento Street Med, um, up and running, we have come together to schedule a virtual shadowing event where we're going to talk to Tony. You're going to submit your questions for him, um, and we're going to talk more about his practice as a family medicine PA and in street medicine. Um, so that will be on September 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's a Thursday night. Um, if you want to sign up for that, we are doing it donation-based. So it's a $5 donation. If you want to you know, buy more spots to donate more, that is awesome. Um, all of the proceeds of this go straight to Sacramento Street Med as they're starting their um, big funding push to get official nonprofit status. So um, if you go to prepaconference.com, it's up on there. The link is in the description, and I hope that we see you there next week. But we'll get into our talk with Tony. I hope you enjoy this. Sure, sure. So my name is Tony Minacho. I'm a practicing family medicine and street medicine PA. 
Um, I went to school at the Keck School of Medicine of USC's um, PA program um, for three years. I just graduated last year. Um, and then, you know, after graduating, I started a street medicine organization uh, called Sacramento Street Medicine. And um, since then, we've kind of we've kind of taken off. Now we're going to be transitioning into practicing medicine. Um, I do that on the side of actually practicing family medicine. So that's my that's my piece of doing street medicine and family medicine. Um, but yeah, I love I absolutely love what I do. I also mentor students. I've, I've mentored hundreds of students, um, spoken to thousands of students across California, at like UCLA and UC Berkeley and Stanford and. USC and all these different places. And that's definitely a passion of mine. Um, so yeah. Well, I'm interested in the, the street medicine. That's not, I, when you first said that, I was like, okay, like that's not something you can like do a fellowship for. What exactly does that mean? So, so street medicine is essentially caring for, caring for the homeless. Okay. And, um, you know, there's different ways of, of actually, you know, doing this. Most people think that you're just, you know, going to the shelters or you're going to like here uh, with COVID, we start, they started doing this motel medicine kind of deal and you're hmm. kind of, they're kind of putting people um, in the, in the motels and then, and then but street, street, medicine, street medicine is different. Street medicine is um, actually going to the people. Okay. And so we know, so, you know, I have um, right now we have about eight outreach teams that do um, about 14 to 16 visits a month and we go to places like under bridges along the river um you know into encampments all all over sacramento and so um you know that it's one thing it's one thing to start a mobile clinic um it's another thing to do like shelter you know care at shelters but actually going to the people and meeting them where they're at um it's where we make the biggest difference and so um even right now, you know, there's a lot of like legalities to kind of jump through. So we're we're getting a, we're getting our nonprofit status. Uh, I'm applying for uh, to be a free and charitable clinic through HRSA to actually send the encampments and then connecting people to primary care. Okay, that is really so. cool. Um, so. And I know we're like jumping way ahead, but I just have so many questions. Um, so I'm assuming like right now this is like, that's all free care that you're providing to them. Yeah, totally. This is all free. I think, uh, yeah, I was actually doing them. I was doing the math, like the, like the numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, I put in basically, we put in basically, um, almost like a full-time week of work, uh, into street medicine for me kind of bigger picture um, things right now with the organization you know, kind of up, up starting in the middle of COVID really. But uh, so I'm kind of like doing the paperwork stuff that nobody wants to do and getting those things rolling. But I also do outreach on the every weekend, basically uh, one or two times a week um, while my teams are doing their, their thing. And, um, but yeah, it's all free. It's all free. And um, yeah, we're going to be a free and charitable clinic a free or charitable clinic, but like we're going to be going to the people, um, yeah, free of charge. Okay. How does that work as a PA? Do you have a physician who's on board with this or? Yeah. So, is, so be yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So like, um, so I had the, I had the vision of actually creating the, the organization. Um, street medicine started 
um, back in Boston, actually, and um, Dr. Jim Withers and, and Dr. Jim O'Connell um, started street medicine, and uh, they they've been doing this they've been doing this thing for a long a long time. Well, one of their proteges is uh, Brett Feldman and Corinne Feldman. They're like street medicine experts. They were trained by Jim Withers and Jim O'Connell, um, and they are they're PAs, and they had their own they had their own uh, street medicine org in Philadelphia. Actually, like the specific town was called Allentown, but they got recruited by USC to be to start the first street medicine team in Skid Row, which is like Skid Row is if you're not familiar is like one of the most densely populated homeless populations um, in the country and in the world, really. Um, and so they started that street medicine team at, at USC. My brother, who's my twin brother, who actually went to PA school with me. Um, actually did a lot of work with them. Um, and I got to work with them a little bit when I was at USC, but through their, their guidance and their, um, you know, like stewardship, I guess you will. I, I was able to come here and do the thing here with Sacramento street medicine. And all you need really is a medical direct medical director. Okay. So I, I serve as the executive director of, of Sacramento street medicine, but my medical director, who's a total, a total like badass, if I can say, <laughs> say it. Yeah. Um, uh, MK, MK, Dr. MK Orsalag, she's amazing. And, and we work together and we, you know, we tackle things and, um, it's just all good, man. It's, it's a, that is so cool. Like, yeah, that is, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, that's amazing that you have that support and kind of guidance and mentorship. Um, so before you went to PA school, was this something you were already interested in or, you kind of just found that passion once you got to PA school. Um, so like I've always been a, like a very like mercurial type of student, like always, 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 even as an undergrad before, you know, I wanted to go to medical school initially and then um, PA school. And then I was thinking like, Oh, maybe I do a PhD or whatever. But like, I knew that I wanted to do something outside of the clinic and that I wasn't, I wasn't going to stay in the clinic. And, uh, and so, and it's part of the thing of like mentoring students. I always mentor students on my free time and doing these things. And, um, so when I got into school, into school, I think I was always, I was always looking for that. I was always looking for that, that piece to like fulfill my, what would fulfill me outside of clinic because I knew I wasn't going to stay in clinic. Um, in fact, that's why I chose USC versus like other schools because I felt like the, 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 the quality of my education would matter when I would want to go out to the community and make partnerships and build relationships. And, you know, they would see where you come from and it's kind of a talking point. And so, uh, along the journey, you know, I, I, uh, came across street medicine. My brother actually did a, um, did a, did a fellowship with Dr. Jim O'Connell in Boston. He came back and was telling me all about it. I got into it and I was like, man, this is like, it's like addicting. They say it's like a drug. They say like street medicine is like a drug because like you get so addicted to like being out there and helping, helping the people and then being so grateful and, um, and, and very little, what's, what's so funny is like, it's called street medicine, but very little of it is street medicine. Like a lot of, lot, I'm sorry, very little of it is actual medicine. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is the psychosocial aspect of just like hearing people out, hearing people's stories and, and getting to, 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 um, collaborate and advocate. And I um, mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, um, 
been reached out to just as, as the director of this organization in this community to support a, an initiative on behalf of the homeless population, because like I'm going out there and nobody else, there's very few people else going out there. Um, and it's something as simple as like a, a cooling station. Like, uh, we were doing they they wanted to pass these cooling stations because the, the heat has been so bad in Sacramento. So they reached Sacramento because the heat was so bad. And so they reached out to myself and asked just to, to speak on, uh, the effects of heat exhaustion on the homeless population. And so I wrote that up and it was the main piece of, of support, letter of support that they had when they brought to the assemblymen and the, and the assemblywoman that were passing this legislation and it passed. And so we have like now four or five cooling stations all around Sacramento that has nothing to do with like street medicine, you know, like it's just because you're advocating on, on behalf of these people and we're just getting started, you know? Um, uh, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Talk for, days, talk for days about well, we're going to talk more about it. So just because I keep having more questions. So how is this received by the populations you're working with? Because that's something that, um, and I guess you probably have a reputation at this point, but especially at the beginning, like I, I know when I was in PA school, we did a free clinic um, in a part of town that growing up here, I didn't even know existed. And so... Um, it was really cool to kind of get immersed in that, but it was pretty well established. Like they knew, like the patients knew, like we come once a month, you know, um, to provide these services. And they were pretty well aware of, of kind of the motive and what we were able to provide and all of that. So it was pretty well received by the time I got there, but, um, you know, in I work in a private clinic now in Durham, and we will occasionally see patients um, from like a similar like low income free clinic downtown. Um, and I'm in like a very suburban small town Georgia, so like not I'm not in a big city or anything. Like it's a little different. Um, but I feel like sometimes there's a little like skepticism or like apprehensiveness. That's probably a better word to the motive or like what you're there to do. So I just didn't know if you had experienced that or if it was kind of like welcoming with open arms or how that has been. Yeah. Um, it's so funny you asked, you asked that. I think like, because reputation, reputation is everything. Trust is everything. It's yes. Really reputation. Trust is everything. And, um, honestly, I, I think, uh, I think part of, part of it is the fact that we have an amazing team that has, has been out in the encampments, um, prior, like, for example, my the, the medical director um, MK, she's she's been she's been doing this work for two three years, you know, in the encamp in the encampments, um, and you know a few of our students have been doing this for you know a year year and a half. But when we started, you know, it's really just there's like skills, right? Like I think there's there's um, there are yeah I, I feel like there are there are like absolutely necessary skills that you can that you can um, gain to, to earn the trust and, and build relationships within the homeless population and it, it, it just takes time you know I think there are um, little tidbits of information and skills that 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 I myself may know or MK may know that our students you know just 
And within each encampment, there's generally, uh, within each encampment, there's generally like a lead or a, um, like a, like a person that kind of runs the, runs the, um, in terms of just building the relationship. But interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing relationship. You know, every time, every time you go out, you know, like the next time you go out, you know that this guy, Eddie loves to read and he gave you a book and like you bring the book that you brought or like maybe it's as simple as like sitting down and like playing checkers with somebody. Like I had a guy, um, um, was just like, he loved playing, he loved playing checkers. So like the next day. We, you know, I had a team with me, so like I couldn't spend too much time. And we sat down, we sat down and talked for a bit. But I had said like, "Hey, tomorrow I'll be here at nine. You know, let's play a checkers game." So we sat there and we played checkers. Or, you know, another one. I was like, you know, we we need to get him a bike. You know, and so like I went the next day. You know, like in not in like outreach gear or anything, anything with me. Just you know, um, helping him get helping this person get a bike. So you're able to really just like see the Never. needs, even if they aren't medical and try to kind of meet those. Um, I feel like the other, the other, the other piece of it is that you never go into an encampment empty handed ever. Like you <laughs> always have, you always have something. So, you know, we may not be giving medical care right now because of like, you know, the whole legalities of practicing medicine and, and, and all that. But, you know, my, my, our students, including myself, make sandwiches and bring water and bring hygiene kits and, you know, um, do first aid when it's, when it's necessary, you know, like, and then we're connecting them to their primary care, which right now, which is what we're kind of committed to in the interim. Um, that's, that's, that's invaluable. That piece is invaluable, you know, um, and just by doing that and knowing that you're not there to say like, Hey, um, getting an HMP and then doing a whole soap note on them. It, it's more just like, like my first question is usually like, Oh, Hey, are you from Sacramento? Like what brought, what brought you here? Like, um, how do you like it? You know, how do you like what, if they came from somewhere else? Like, where would you prefer? Like San Jose or Sacramento or what? Like they have a hat on you it's so much deeper. It goes so much deeper than medicine, you know, because, um, but it's a skill to build a relationship, you know. Yeah, you've definitely got to have, you know, rapport and bedside manner and all that, all that stuff that is different in different populations, too. So, um, okay, so you've mentioned a couple times students is this something that like pre-pa students can be involved with and volunteer with like yeah totally um we have a lot pre-pa students are definitely uh available like literally any undergrad that wants to interact with the homeless um I don't, we, we generally don't call them homeless. we generally call them you know un, the people experiencing homelessness okay that wants to you know, collaborate with the people living outside um, are more than welcome. We just ask that everybody that interacts on behalf of Sacramento Street Medicine are trained. Yeah. So we, we do outreach trainings about, we're going to do them probably about four or five times a year. 
um, we just hosted like two or three and um, and it talks about like the, the principles that we hope people that we hope that we you know uh, believe in as an organization whether that's harm reduction and following the, the, the principles of like radical love and and you know different conceptual things and how you approach outreach um, but anybody can um, right now we have a good amount of volunteers but yeah, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers and um, you know we have a team an internal team of about 40 uh, leaders and that that's a mix of, of med students PA students and um, undergrads as well so uh, some want to go to PA school, some want to go to medical school, nursing school, dental school, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that is really cool. Um, are there ways that people who, let's say, don't live in Sacramento could support what you're doing, whether they have something similar in their area that's connected or, like, any other ways that they can kind of help being not physically there? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I mean, we're we're always taking donations. We always take donations, whether it's whether it's masks or food or clothes or um, like a big thing is like backpacks and like you know small t- like tents that have those things like pretty packed up. Um, but hygiene kits as well. Hi- we've had we've had we've had organizations all uh, across the country, like um, from across the country, like contact us and say like hey um, is there a way we can donate is there a way we can do this or is there a way so if you just reach out to, to us at, at Sac Street Med is our is our G, is our Instagram handle um, or Sac Street Med at Gmail is our email um, generally our team will like uh, figure something out and then they'll kind of we'll so that's one thing like pre like I speak with a lot of pre PA clubs and they're always looking for ways for their members to get involved and ways that they can help in like other places um and so like I just I'm really big on like PA involved organizations and so this is definitely one that they could raise money for supplies or donations um so a lot of times they'll do that for like membership like if you bring something you get points or whatever um so that's cool we'll definitely put all of that information in the description so they can find you um how has how has covid changed what you do i know we all hate talking about covid but i feel like it's probably changed kind of what y'all do a little bit or maybe not but how has it changed things um for saxon med or or uh for saxon med yeah um generally so generally uh it hasn't it really hasn't really changed anything um, we we wear N95s um, and wear you know proper protective equipment and that you know all that jazz. But um, my my um, take on like doing things in the in the encampments is like if the people we serve have to go through the things that they have to go through, then we have then and it's our mission to uh, to serve them. Then we should be willing to. Uh, you know, go through those same hardships or challenges to, to be able to serve. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if anything, COVID like strengthened, strengthened us, honestly, to be honest, I think, um, it was even more of a calling to do, uh, to, to do the work. Um, because 
you know, nobody, very few people are caring for um, the, the people living outside, unfortunately, and um, very few are advocating on behalf of them, it, it, which is like the next step. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, COVID really in my clinic is is a little different, you know. We and it's kind of the, it's kind of the same thing, just you know, wearing more protective equipment, um, but and being mindful of of you know what you're doing and how what you're touching and those kinds of things but uh you know in the encampments it's it's kind of just you know you just wear the n95 and 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 you go all right (laughs) well okay i want to ask um so i feel like a lot of people listening this are going to be very inspired to you know, maybe go to some areas that they have never been before or try to reach different populations, um, which is a great thing. And I, I hope that they look more into what you're doing. But do you have any advice for someone who listens to this and is like, all right, I'm going? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I would advise, number one, is like um, to, one, educate yourself and become trained. So if you're if you're talking about you know you're in medicine or maybe you're pre you're pre PA or um, maybe you're not in medicine and you you just want to interact with the with the, with with the, the people living outside, um, there are a lot of awesome resources to to understand like how to how to approach it because um, the biggest I think the number one thing in street medicine in general is um, situational awareness and safety right like. You can't care for for anybody if you can't if you're not if you're not safe, right? And so, um, and there are there are let me tell you there are experts far more wise and far more like experienced than myself. But if there's anything I would say um, is to educate yourself, um, and there are awesome resources through the Street Medicine Institute if that's something that you're you're interested in. Um, on how to go uh, about outreach, if that's a if that's a, a uh, you know uh, an initiative that you want to take on, um, whether you're a student or a or a, an undergrad, or all it takes is like the will the will to do it and to have the team behind you to to kind of execute it. Um, and Street Medicine Institute does like free consultation on any new startup um, orgs uh, wanting to do street medicine, but. Um, in terms of just, you know, doing general outreach is, you know, educating yourself, making sure you stay safe and making sure that you're always putting the person first, you know, um, we have this thing where, uh, we, and and I've kind of like tried to institute it just based on, based on like the mentorship we've, we've received at, at USC through Brett Feldman and Corinne Feldman, where it's like which is like your, you know, in medicine, we're taught like never stand over the patient, right? Like you always want to like look at, look at the patient, right? But in, in street medicine, it's even more than that. It's like everybody's below the patient. And so the concept is like you're at the patient's feet, you know, willing to serve regardless of what, regardless of what, you know, your title is, whatever, whatever letters are at the end of your name, P-A-N-D-D-O, MPH, it doesn't matter, you know, um, we're all there to serve. And whether you're doing medicine or you're just handing it, you know, giving them a sandwich, um, 
that dynamic, that power dynamic is generally, is already created just from you being, you having a home and then them not having a home. And so being in that servant's position, whether you're in medicine, dental, marketing, business or whatever, um, is super powerful. And so when I take people out to, to the, the, the encampments, I, I let them know like, Hey, if, if I, if I see a patient that's standing up, I'll kind of like maybe do like a little kneel, you know, or, and generally like my, my team will do the same, you know, like that's, that's kind of the rule. Like everybody, every, and generally those are just like little, little tidbits, but you, you start to learn like you, the, the, the streets, the streets kind of teach you how to interact because you know, one encampment may be far different than the other, right? Because like one encampment is maybe there's a lot of substance use. Maybe there's a lot of substance use in one in one encampment, and in the other encampment they're spread out. You know, they want to talk more, or uh, you 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 kind of listen. You know, you listen and you let you let them decide. And the whole concept of, of harm reduction is like meeting people where they're at. Not you know, just because we go to an encampment and we go to somebody's you know, tent, for example, and we want to give them a sandwich and they, they don't want to answer the, they don't want to open or they don't want to, they don't want to talk. We shouldn't feel like offended by that because we're just dropping, we're dropping in on their, on their life at a specific time and expecting them to want the help that we're giving them, that we're giving them. But rather it's like, oh, hey, like they're, they're, they're not ready or maybe they're tired or maybe they had a bad day. Maybe, you know, like just because we're here. So it, that same concept of uh, meeting people where they're at and it's, and it's like what we're, what we're all about, you know? Yeah, that is so cool. It's just really neat and I'll send everyone your way. Um, so I, I feel like the way you describe it is similar to how I've felt either in our clinic or doing medical missions, um, especially like, I went to um, Kenya to do a dermatology mission, and a lot of the patients didn't speak English. They spoke um, all different language on, languages, honestly. But it was, you know, a lot of kind of trying to understand where they were at and, and just meet their needs, which weren't always dermatology needs, and kind of understanding that. And that was it was funny because out of our team of 12 dermatology people, I'm the only one who brought a stethoscope. Um, cause I was the only one who'd ever been on a mission trip and I was like, there's probably gonna be a lot of things that aren't skin related. Um, and so, and it was just very, it was, it was really, really eye opening. But I think what I've always taken away from those trips is like, patients are the same, no matter where, like people are the same, patients are the same. Like, even if we don't speak the same language or have the same living conditions or anything, like we have the same basic desires and needs and just kind of that's always been a great reminder because I think sometimes in clinic it can get a little I, I can get jaded with some of the stuff that I see and patients right. just very worried about things that seem very trivial um and so that's always been a good reminder and like reset I think to be in those different situations right yeah no I, to I totally agree and, and I think the way you put it is 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 totally spot on like we all have basic needs we all have like the we're, we're all at the, at the very baseline we're all the same we all have the same needs right 
Um, and with within the within the unhoused population, um, it very much reminded me. I, I did a, a mission trip right after I, I graduated from USC to, to Cuenca, Ecuador, to do a um, pediatric orthopedic surgery. And the first two days were clinic, and we would see a lot of people with this, like you know, like we, I think we saw like like two or three hundred people um, in in two days, and people were driving like twenty four hours buses for days just to see her see us and uh and it was it was sad to see like the poverty within these within these populations and the and the um all like the the the, the care that these people were getting and then so to, so then to go into like then that was however many miles you know ecuador is away but you know i i it takes me like maybe 15 minutes to get to this encampment that looks relatively simple all all those things in, in Cuenca that were that are however many miles away, I, you know, I go 15 minutes down the down the way, and it's it's relatively identical. And so, um, you know, one thing I always tend to tend to go to in terms of like a, in terms of like a principle in medicine is, and this goes with anybody, but but even even more so for the for the unhoused or people experiencing homelessness is. Um, Brett Feldman, who's a, a virtual mentor of mine and a mentor when I was at USD, um, would say like he's he's this chief medicine guru. I mean, he was he's far far more wise than myself. But no, his his piece of advice is is that um, everybody approaches the the unhoused population, people living outside, with with tough love, right? And he says, you know, what we fail to realize is that these people have had enough tough. In their life, you know, hmm. with traumas or whether that childhood trauma or um, you know trauma of abusive relationships or or ne neglect or what have you, um, and so his thought process is you know we 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 always approach it with with tough love and they've had enough tough, so let's focus on the love and and. The whole concept, I see, because in the within the encampments themselves, like you can get you can get pretty jaded from people that aren't as responsive to what we what we do and and what have you. But if you always have that concept in your mind, and one one thing I always tend to tend to ask students that rotate with me that they see like a patient that's like non-compliant in clinic, you know, like mm -hmm. oh they weren't taking their diabetes medication, oh they're not taking their you gave them the hypertension medication and they're not taking it. And this and this and I'm gonna say okay, it's okay. So the question we have to ask is not why aren't you the the question that I ask them is what else could this mean? Right? What else could what else could them not taking this medication mean? Because maybe it's it's like severe anxiety. <laughs> the example I had in, in the ER was that um, there was a patient who when I was working in the ER, there was a patient who wasn't taking their, their diabetes medication and uh and we asked him like well why are you taking diabetes medication you're getting like you're, you're getting hyperglycemic episodes and so on and so forth and she says well you know my my daughter has been really sick so ultimately it's a it's a matter of her medications or mine and i'm always going to pick my daughter and so like nobody had asked her that you know mm -hmm. and then we enroll her in a program that she can get the medications for cheaper both for her and her daughter so that they can both be 
be be understanding and 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 be open to all the other possibilities because there is no there is no perfect story on on the streets there is there is very few and far in between they all there's there's always a story there's always a reason yeah i mean i think with and that's something that i guess comes with experience just understanding that nothing is ever straightforward with most any patient i feel like there's a lot of a lot of things but like i mean like i mean like us too like anyone um there's just a lot going on um but yeah but your i mean your experience is so cool and i feel like i don't know i feel like pas and i mean doctors to everyone but there's just like these few like passionate like doers like who go out and like do stuff and get it done and it's so cool yeah. um and so I hope that this is like super inspiring to people to look in their own communities, but also think about in the future things they may want to be involved with and start and work with to kind of, you know, try to give back and connect more with people who are different than them, basically. Uh oh. Are you there? Yeah, now I'm here. I think I'm freezing now. <laughs> I think... Uh-oh, hold on. You good? I think we're, I think we're good. Yeah. But, but um, no, I appreciate, I appreciate the kind of words. And I think, um, totally, I, I think, uh, P, I think PAA in general, like, um, it's that 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 preconception of like, oh, well, you're not a well, you're not a doctor, but if you if you are a if you are a community leader, and you have so many you have so many things to offer, um, and your community, um, you'll get the support. You know, like if you are if you are going out there and doing, or go, like you said, there there are some just doers, and. Uh, like if you if you are willing and, and and passionate enough to like go do the work um and be consistent in doing the work and you know you document what you're doing and you show what you're doing and then you you speak about it anywhere you go um people want to support people that are that are doing good yeah. i don't know whether you're that doesn't move dentist or did you lose me yeah you're back you said that doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're a, a dentist or a doctor or a DO or a PA like um, what I will say is like yeah it helps to where you where you train at times you know but really what people just want to see is the work and your passion like when you speak to them but are you like passionate about like what what you're doing you know and do you have the, the, the right intentions you know, and then the rest just follows, you know, like I had no clue what, what it took to, to run the organization a year and a half ago. And sometimes I feel like I still don't at, at times, but you're just jumping in and you're doing the work and your passion and anybody that wants to listen, will hear it. And so on. And, and, and honestly, that, that's, that's why I chose PA, you know, it was like the ability to, the ability to, uh, that's why I chose PA. Like, 
was the ability, the lateral mobility to go do so many different things, uh, both in special have family medicine and I'm, I'm able to do my, I'm able to do my things in, in family medicine, but all um, regular, I mentor students family medicine and street medicine. It's, it's, uh, it, it's something that you don't get with other, other professions really. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the flexibility of the PA profession is, is something that's so like undersold that I think that is, that is the reason why any student I say, like that comes to me and says they want to go to medical school, I like, you have to look at PA, like at least look at it, you know, because you may regret it, you know, like going into, and it's nothing wrong with being a doctor, but if everything you want to do is in medicine and in that field, then, then by all means do it. But you, uh, for people that are like go-getters and want to change the community and want to do these things, like just because you're PA doesn't mean you can't do it. And I feel like that's a, that's what I've like, I'm a living testament of because like the first question I get is like, Oh, can a PA be an executive director of, 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 of a street medicine organization? Like, yeah, we can. <laughs> and, and like, if you have the, if you have the like, support of your of your people and your team and your and everybody's going at it together nobody's gonna be like oh but he's a pa he's like no look at his passion like he's out there with us he's making like he works full-time he runs two businesses on the side of on the side of working full-time and street medicine and he's still making sandwiches with us before we go out to go do the outreach which he's gonna leave you know yeah like i mean uh if you have the passion if you have the passion the support the and the impact will follow, and um, it's it's been it's been an, it's been a pleasure. I I love gut feeling is if your passion is there, the impact will follow, and um, that may that may like lead to other passions. Like for me, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be starting this this organization um, to help build up other nonprofits and other businesses in. Of organizations for the betterment of of the community in Sacramento, um, and that's something I'm going to start up here soon. But like, I mean, on top of helping, plus volunteers and so on and so forth. So that is amazing and really cool, and I've learned a lot and really enjoyed this so I feel like I'm like proud to be your colleague so (laughs) thanks thanks for making us look good out there (laughs) 